Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Top tech companies like Intel have a secret to their success. They get the best talent, reliable infrastructure, and save on costs by expanding in Ohio, the new Silicon Heartland. Learn how your business can succeed in Ohio. Visit successinohio.com. Hey, this is Josh Kennedy from the Black Moods, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff, a production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, Martin Popoff here, back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good folks at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this massive and ever-growing Pantheon Podcast Network. Lots of great friends on here that I've met. Uh, we are available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. Um, you guys really liked that episode um, with uh, when we looked at uh, novelty and the different ways uh, you can have hit singles with novelty. Um, when I was putting that episode together, so that was episode 81, this is episode 82, um, I thought there was a band that kept coming up that I was going to reserve for an entire episode on the topic of novelty. Remember we did a Faith No More episode that was based on the concept of uh, how commercial were they at this point, how how not commercial were they at that point? Um, so I kind of like tying these two things together. And um, therefore, episode 82, we are going to be calling Queen and Novelty. Um, I love the way Queen uses novelty in various ways to have these smash hit singles and be one of the biggest bands of all time. Um, there are different aspects of novelty, different ways you can be novel or address novelty uh, in search of uh, the sensible thing you want to do with this, which is to have a hit single. Um, not everything Queen ever did was about novelty, but... They addressed novelty in various ways. Uh, they were a wily band. They had good management. They had. They were a careerist band. They really wanted to uh, conquer the world, be the biggest, spend the most money, uh, have the most lavish parties, be the most dramatic. And um, you know, they had four writers in the band. They were always fighting like cats and dogs. So they were they were real like uh, A type personalities. And part of that is just wanting to do the greatest thing and use every trick in the bag uh, to be the biggest band in the world. And novelty is one of those tricks. Um, 
So uh, every song here is going to bring up a different aspect of novelty, and um, and we shall discuss as we go. All right, episode 82, Queen of Novelty. Take a listen to our first selection here. This is Killer Queen. She's a killer queen, all right there you go killer queen from 1974's um sheer heart attack uh it's their first pretty big hit um they had a they they had somewhat of a hit with seven seas awry Keep Yourself Alive and Liar, which we're going to discuss a little later. But I wanted to play this one because um, everybody, when they heard this song, when it first came out, went, what the hell is that? Because it is a novelty single. It really is. Um, the, the way this song addresses novelty, I would say, is in the idea of addressing 1920s music, 1930s music, dance hall music. So it's uh, it's not your typical pop thing. It's not trying to be modern. It's trying to be really old. And, and you know, Freddie is being really dramatic. He's being very camp. So there's another way he's being, he's being quite novel. I mean, he's literally, you know, coming out and confronting you with his gayness in a way um, through these vocals he does, through the use of falsetto. Um, Another way that they are being novel in this song is something Randy Bachman always told me, which is really funny. Uh, I really like it because it applies to a lot of BTO things. Um, Try to be identifiable within the first four seconds of a song. So with this song, you know, a a radio radio programmer could enjoy putting this on because it opens with finger snaps. Um, So so it has a novel way of opening, a kind of a dramatic uh, way of opening. There's heaviness in it. There's face shifting in it. Even the title of the song is kind of novel. You're taking the title of the band and putting the word killer in front of it. A big, strong name, uh, a, a big, strong word in front of the name of the band. So it's got a flashy title. Um, I just did an angel book, which, by the way, I went and printed a bunch more copies. Um, so I will have that available again. It was out of print. But one of the funny themes throughout that angel book that I brought up time and time again is they have so many songs with that that have a lot of strung together boring words and are even negative in them and and their hits are like that as well um so yeah it's funny you think of the the entire angel catalog and it's hard to remember the names of the songs because they're so complicated and they're a bunch of boring words all strung together go go take a look it's actually kind of funny like throughout throughout all their albums it's it's just it's hard finding actually that many cool flashy titles uh to their songs so killer queen is a is a flashy title it's got a bell sound in there it's got interesting guitar sounds where you might you, you know you just sit back and go hmm interesting so this is a song not so much of sound effects which is another uh important way that bands throughout history have tried to be novel but just in really interesting sounds throughout and mainly this idea 
of being kind of 1920s music, uh, which they did throughout throughout their catalog. They didn't have a lot of hits with with doing this, um, but they did they did address this throughout their catalog. It was one of the streams. So even though even though those songs weren't always put forward as hit singles, um, they are on the albums and they are novel in the same way, exactly the same way in being wow, Queen, look at this, they're making 1920s music, crazy. Um, All right, let's move on. Uh, Take a listen to this. This is Queen again, of course, with Bohemian Rhapsody. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the bandango? Thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening me. Galileo, 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 All right, so how are they being novel with Bohemian Rhapsody? A million different ways. I mean, one way is it's a long song, so there's that whole narrative of, oh boy, are they going to play this long song? Oh, you can't make a single with a long song. So it gave everybody something to talk about. Uh, It's just an amazing, amazing song anyways, but... It's complicated, uh, and I think that is the main way that uh, that this is an interesting song. It has so much going for it that you think they are geniuses, and I think they're geniuses. I've always said this, that Queen and Judas Priest have this run of albums where they are objectively at a genius level when it comes to making music. All this studio trickery and stuff that they did. But, again... Um, it's an instant hook with the vocal. It's got those big vaulted choral, uh, choral vocals, stacked vocals that are a cappella that starts with, is this the real life? Instantly, instantly recognizable and a great thing for a radio programmer to put on. It's like, oh boy, now you, now you know you're in for this great epic song. It's got funny singing. It's got falsetto singing. Uh, it's got comical falsetto singing, not just Freddie Mercury falsetto singing, which he's frankly one of the least novel guys when it comes to his use of falsetto. King Diamond is novelty with his falsetto. Zebra was novelty with their falsetto. Even the Bee Gees were novelty with their falsetto. Freddie, not so much. But in here, it's uh, it's Roger Taylor that does the falsetto, and it's a comical one. So there's opera singing, which is always, you know, funny. It gets a laugh. And this falsetto thing. There's... Like I say, there's little bells. There's there's a heavy part. There's a part for you to completely rock out and you're walking on the wild side. If you don't like heavy metal, all of a sudden there's this crazy heavy metal part. So for those who don't like heavy metal or know nothing about it, um, there to them, the heavy metal in this song is novelty. Um, so lots of really cool things about it. It it tells a, a pretty interesting story and mama just killed a man and that, that even that itself is flashy and novel. So there's a lot of stuff about this that are interesting in that way. And I've always likened this to Kansas Carry On Wayward Son, the, the way that that is novel because that is novel because of complication and also Sweet Action, which is my favorite sweet song. It's their most complicated song. And even when I talked to Andy Scott about it, he said, we sat down and said, what can we do to, to, uh, to make a hit single? Let's throw everything we've ever known about making hit singles into this song. So it's an everything but the kitchen sink sort of song. And, and I think it's Sweet's version of of 
uh, of, of a Bohemian Rhapsody. It's it's uh, it's a little more tight and rockin' and 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 poppy, granted, but it is complicated. Um, and and I think they're doing kind of the same thing uh, that Queen did with Bohemian Rhapsody. Of course, Sweet Sweet really always got upset about Queen kind of taking their idea of these vaulted vocals and the hard rock. So Bohemian Rhapsody, a Queen is already a big hit. So Queen, Sweet Sweet is kind of jealous about. These are all coming out at about the same time. But Sweet always had a chip on their shoulder about Queen kind of stealing their shtick uh, back then. So so yeah, I think that's interesting. And along this lines as well, I wanted to mention two other songs that I think are novel through complication, and they're both by Queen are. Keep Yourself Alive and Liar. So back on their first album, they made these songs that there was so much going on that you were kind of like um, drawn to them for the novelty of, oh, what's going to happen next? And both of those songs have enough complication to them where you think they're kind of geniuses. Who are these smarty pants coming out with this album, you know, first album, and, and, and they have these songs. So they're fresh, but I, I think they are somewhat novel in that you know, the, the regular formula for a hit single is a great song, right? Uh, and a lot of hit singles are hit singles because they are great songs. But over here, the other 50%, there's this huge funny grab bag of, you know, a, a magician's bag of tricks that make them novel. And I think complication in itself is a form of novelty. All right, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. All right, back again here on History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. This is episode 82, Queen and Novelty. So we're discussing the band Queen uh, as relates to uh, the whole idea of um, how did they get so successful? Well, one of the things is their trickery, uh, their cheap laughs. Um, and that's kind of, uh, that's, that's, well, it's, it's a definition of novelty. All right, so let's take a listen to our third selection. This is Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Right, so this is novelty because uh, here is Queen diving straight and purely into the world of rockabilly. It's like who makes rockabilly hits? Well, they do come come now now and again. Um, I think John Lennon's got a whole album of, of covers and stuff where he goes back to his rock and roll roots. That's a little different. Um, a lot of bands kind of got got into a rockabilly just just very fleetingly. Now let's let's not get up into the eighties here. Um, so what what I mean by that is um, rockabilly was always a fond fond thing to all of these uh, British rockers because they grew up with something called skiffle. Um, skiffle uh, is, you know, crossed with uh, crossed with the idea of Elvis. Elvis. Well, okay, put it this way. Skiffle is one of the forms of rock and roll that was uh, was more of an acoustic rock and roll. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, standing there with an acoustic guitar, think of that, you know, apocryphal, you can go up on YouTube and see it where Jimmy Page at 13 years old is going up on stage and doing a skiffle song. So skiffle is near and dear to the hearts. It, it was it was essentially the main theme of, uh, of the British experience of original rock and roll. And rockabilly kind of derives from that. It comes from that. Remember, there was the big rockers craze, rockers versus mods, where they, you know, they um, dressed up in the whole, um, what do they call them? 
something something creepers ah, anyways um yeah britain had a whole rock and roll revival so so this is this is the the bits and pieces leading up to this and queen is doing this in 1980 but Soon there would be an actual rockabilly craze started by the Stray Cats. And then uh, Robert Plant gets into it with the Honey Drippers, right? Um, so there's a little bit of a rockabilly craze that happens. But Queen is is making a pure novelty hit on this record, the game. Massive, massive record for them with crazy little thing called love. All right, let's move on. This is track number four. Take a listen to this. This is a little something called Another One Bites the Dust. Okay, so here we are back at the game album, the same album, and Queen is just diving in headlong and making a pure disco hit. It's got the big bass line. It's got the catchphrase. Catchphrases is, is another way um, that you could be novel or have novelty. So another one bites the dust. You repeat that over again. Oh, you could say that about anything. You know, there's a car crash. Oh, another one bites the dust or whatever. Someone dies. Another one bites the dust. Um, so it's a catchphrase on a, on a pure disco hit um, with uh, with the chicken scratch guitar coming out of Brian May and the and the big John Deacon bass line. Uh, you know, Queen would do more of this uh, moving forward in various ways. Certainly on the Hot Space album, there'd be a little bit of this as Freddie sort of immerses himself into like uh, like gay disco culture, whether that's in New York City or wherever he happens to be, Berlin. Um, you know, they make these records with Mac in Berlin at Musicland, right? Um, but uh, but so here they are doing disco. And last episode, I won't go into it in a big way, of course. But, uh, but you know, disco was a big craze that everybody kind of got into. The Rod Stewart, Do You Think I'm Sexy? And, uh, you know, Kiss with I Was Made For Loving You. And ELO and the Bee Gees became disco when they weren't disco before. And so there's so there's a lot of this going on. Um, but, uh, but Queen is, you know, as usual, uh, because they are so dramatic and so, so uh, you know, enthusiastic about life, you know, when they when they dive into something they dive into it headlong and and uh you know to uh, not not to pun with headlong but um but here they are making this massive massive song and and it's a pure novelty hit it's a massive hit and it's pure novelty it's it's haha look at queen doing disco and so everybody who who loved the old queen is all up in arms and all upset and then queen gets a whole pile of new fans i mean this is really going down the road of uh you know when when bands try to try to say to themselves or say to, say to other people in interviews or whatever oh we gained a lot of new fans with with uh, what we were doing oh we lost some but we gained some well that's certainly the case with queen uh on the game this sort of transitory album now you know i i well i'll get to it a little later but I'll, i want to mention it here just because we are with the game two songs in a row um you know queen are great songwriters too and even when a song doesn't have a bunch of novelty to it and it can be a big hit you know they so i guess what i'm trying to say is queen had a lot of big hits that weren't novelty at all and one of them off of this album is play the game um i think it's just a beautiful perfect perfectly normal um you know great song and it became a huge hit um but 
little more on that later. Let's move on to our fourth selection here. Um, take a listen to this. This is Queen again with Radio Gaga. All right, so total novelty song again, total novelty hit. Why is it novelty? Well, with Queen, it's never one thing. It's a few things combined in a lot of cases, right? Because Queen is so much over the top and more is more all the time, as Engbe Malmsteen would say. Um, so why is this a novelty hit? So a couple reasons. Well, three reasons I can think about for sure. Um, four, maybe. It's it's kind of a disco song, so it's disco again. Um, it is... Talking to radio programmers, you know, um, you've yet to have your finest hour. Ra- radio, someone still loves you. So it is talking to the radio people and saying, play this song because it's about radio. The spirit of radio, Rush, right? Um, you know, that's part of the reason that was a big hit. Um, so it's it's telling a story. It's an interesting lyric. It's something where you can have that elevator pitch and say, oh, what's the song about? Oh, it's about radio. There's kind of a form of novelty when you can have that elevator pitch and say, what is this song about? You know, rather than, you know, oh, well, the guy, you know, he broke up with the girl and he's sad and maybe he goes back to her. And, you know, a love song is not, is not, the subject of a love song is not novelty on its own. But if you write a song about radio where you're complaining about radio, but you love radio, it's a love-hate thing with radio. That's a little bit novelty in itself. Um synthesizers uh you know diving headlong into the idea of all of these crazy synthesizer sounds and sequencing that's novelty um it's novelty period in rock and roll in 1980 because it's still very 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 new sorry not 1980 1984 at this point it's not as new um but for someone like queen it's it's still it's novelty that queen is doing it so so just like it's novelty that they were doing rockabilly it's kind of novelty that they're diving so much into synthesizers. Now, they've done that before anyways. And then, um, but here they're really getting into it and, and um, you know, and definitely on the Hot Space album, they, they were getting into it. Um, but the last reason is nonsense lyrics. I mean, saying something as ridiculous as all we hear is Radio Gaga, Radio Goo Goo, Radio Gaga. It's absolutely ludicrous. It's not very literate at all, even if you were going to make up nonsense words. There's better ways to be nonsensical than that. It's actually kind of awkward and stupid and, and truly childish. And it goes back to your surfing birds and, and all sorts of stuff where people just say say nonsense, right? bebop and all that stuff, right? Um so that's kind of interesting. It's like it's like this silly thing that you hear and it's literally the title of the song. You you hear that title of the song and you go, what kind of nonsense is that? So pure, pure novelty, right? Um, 
So yeah, um, it's got it, another way. It's actually got even a bit of one of those crowd participation sections where where it's more like something you do live, but they're actually doing it here in a studio song. It's got hand claps, right? So everybody, hey, you can't play an instrument. Oh, I, I play an instrument. All I can play is the radio, right? Uh, you can't play an instrument. Um, everybody can clap their hands and do a rhythm. So there you go. So it's got that going for it as well. Um, so there you go. There's five examples uh, here on History and Five Songs of Queen doing novelty. Another, a few other examples just to go to go through really quickly for you, just to show that you know this is not a contrivance. They do this a lot in Queen. Um, we will rock you. We are the champions. Well, what do we get here? Again, we get the big, simple, stupid rhythm, and people say all it is is drums and vocals. And well, you know, it's it's more than that, but it's less than that as well because it's actually not even drums it's just stomping and clapping so so what a novelty single is uh we will rock you it's so novelty and it's got the big stupid dumb chorus we will we will rock you right um so that's really interesting in itself uh, but it does have more to it of course as well it's got it's got the brian may guitar or, or and, and that so so but what a true novelty single it literally is you know hey listen to what's on the radio <laughs> total novelty and then what happens it goes into we are the champions now on the face of it that song is not novelty but because it is we are the champions it became this massive sports uh, arena song right because it, it, it's just this tagline of something everybody can say after they won the championship and and very very few other people have ever thought about this right Europe the final countdown right but how many how many songs are more direct and we're all the way up into 1977 rock and roll's been around for 20 years at this point how many people have come up with this perfect thing to say after you win the big game we are the champions right so so it's a dual novelty hit they're played together that's kind of interesting in itself um you get these two short songs played together um what else brighton rock going back to sheer heart attack again it starts with carnival sounds so again it's back to that randy bachman thing put something really interesting in the first few seconds so a radio programmer haha listen to this oh you're listening to circus songs no it's a queen song fat bottomed girls there we get the idea of the uh, slightly cheeky title and and you know what it's going to be about um and 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 so it's like oh can we say this on the radio or whatever so it's it's an interesting novelty thing squarely from that um that standpoint um although it also has the instant acapella vocal start to it so so you you throw that on the radio and you know immediately what song uh you're into because of that acapella thing tie your mother down again like a cheeky thing oh naughty what are they saying tie your mother down but other than that it's not really particularly novelty uh it's just a good rock and queen hit um you know in in a way it's kind of novel in it in its in a different sense in, in that it's kind of one of the simplest queen songs um so that's kind of interesting and it doesn't really sound a lot like uh too much else that queen does but again it's all in the title that 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 cheeky naughty title another one along that line is i'm in love with my car it's like oh that's what's well, that's it's it's just a weird thing to say and again it it fits the elevator pitch idea what's what it, what is it about oh it's about uh equating the parts of a car to to the parts of a woman kind of thing right uh and and how you know roger and roger singing it that's novel in itself uh 
you know, is in love with his car kind of thing, right? So novelty, novelty hits sometimes are about uh, the odd lyrics, the oddball lyrics uh, that are going on in the song. And, and, you know, you never think of Queen with cars, right? They always seem to be the kinds of guys who would be driven around by others. Uh, and, and with all the old timey music, you think of, think of it even being like old cars, if you're going to think of cars at all. So it's really odd thinking of Queen of Cars. And you think of those album covers, right? Night of the Opera and Day of the Races, those classy, you know, regal invitations look uh, to the album covers um so uh so that was interesting in itself uh, again along those lines i want it all i want it all right he says i want it all i want it all i want it all and i want it now so it's so it became this big song about greed about about taking um it 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 literally kind of represented the whole idea of uh, whatever that's that movie was Wall Street Michael Douglas uh, you know I want it all I mean all of a sudden Queen is the greediest band in the world um, literally it kind of happened that way and along that same line the show must go on you've got a cold oh the show must go on you 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 need a root canal the show must go on you're totally hung over you didn't sleep last night oh the concert must go on you must play you know you work hard play hard you know you got to get to the end uh of uh, of the show and then you can collapse you know the theater guy and then the, the poignancy with you know freddie being sick and all that but just the repeating, drumming it into to you, the catchphrase, the show must go on, and the dramatic feel of the, of the music. It's a very thespian sort of song. So that, again, uh, another example of theirs was Under Pressure with uh, the idea of it's a duet with David Bowie. There's some novelty. It's based on a bass line. That's this memorable, memorable bass line. Dun, 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 dun. You know, everybody knows that bass line. And inside of the song, there's some nonsense lyrics. So here they are doing that crazy thing again. So there you go. Lots of examples of Queen reaching into that bag of tricks to uh, to do this stuff. And then I just wanted to mention again, they aren't always novel with their hits. Don't stop me now. Somebody to love. Play the game, which we talked about. It's late. You're my best friend. It's a kind of magic headlong. Um, so they have these other songs that are just you know, well-written songs. They have so many well-written songs. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, but they're not always, you know, with their hits being novel, but they are, they are one of the most flagrant users of novelty. When I went through all the big bands thinking of, of their hits, most of the time, the novelty was just, was just very occasional, but with Queen, it's quite often. All right, there you go. Uh, if you like this show, want to support future episodes, um, I love it. Uh, I love getting these little tiny PayPal's um, with uh, with Kofi.com uh, slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button. They've got this kind of three dollar thing, which is like buy the guy a coffee or a pint or the gal or whatever. So that's really cool. Thank you for your support of the show. I'm turning it into kind of an hourly wage thing. Uh, on that front, I would uh, dearly like to thank this time out William Bo- uh, Bolden Bodlin. Um, sorry, I, I might have typed that wrong here because I think it's Bolden. Um, Bruce Campbell, Andrew Clark, Chris Cook Guitar, Tim Durling, David Fisher, Rob Hughes, Michael Ladano. Um, I'm actually going on uh, his show tonight in about an hour, actually. Um, 
But uh, and he also threw in one of these really cool trivia questions uh, uh, just just earlier today. I was doing these trivia questions on my Facebook thing. Uh, Jamie Laszlo, Kevin Latham, Jason Leonard, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, and Robert Yates. And you can go to martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. Like I say, I took a risk and printed up another 150 copies of the Angel Book. If you haven't gotten one before, and I've been telling you no, I don't have any. Yes, I'm going to have some uh, soon. So um, the Angel Book. We'll be back in print and I'll have boxes and boxes of them. Uh, but yeah, Thin Lizzy, Visual Biography, The Iron Maiden, uh, the UFO books, uh, lots and lots of stuff still in print. Uh, and that's martinpopoff.com. So I will leave you with that. Go away and listen to some Queen in some new light and see what uh, wily tricksters they are. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.